Well, the Halos battled one of the toughest pitchers in the game last night, and it showed. Shohei starts on the mound tonight, and John and I debate his MVP status. And we'll discuss a trade that the Angels made with the Atlanta Braves, and we picked up a pitcher. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on the audio side, thanks for your rate and review. It helps people find the podcast. And if you're watching on the video side, thanks for your subscription. And thanks for clicking that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. What's going on? Thank you for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. You've got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. The Super Halo Bros with you here. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. We're excited that you decided to join us for this episode. Of course, we appreciate your listen and your view and your play and your review and subscription, all that good stuff. And uh, we appreciate you trusting us to lend you our Halo knowledge as the Angels lose this one 2-1 to to the Marlins yesterday. Mike, that was a pitcher's duel If I ever saw one. It was, and we knew that it was going to be a pitcher's duel, and we knew that it was going to be a close game. I I just have a question for you. Do you think that Alcantara is a great pitcher? I think he is. Or do the Angels just make every pitcher look great recently? Because it feels like (laughs) they can't hit anybody, even if it's not a, a really great starter like Sandy. It feels like they just struggle with every pitcher recently. And it feels like we've kind of hit the, the buzzsaw of all of the great pitchers over the last few weeks because our hitting has been atrocious. Yeah, I, I, this is everything to do with Sandy Alcantara being one of the most amazing pitchers in baseball right now. In fact, he's got a, a 1.35-something ERA. It's probably even lower after yesterday's game. And so it's just a, a, a tough matchup for us. And, and when you're already yeah. struggling at hitting, then this is not going to make it any easier. In fact... There were some instances where Lance Barrett, the umpire, really had some terrible calls. In fact, uh, uh, De La Cruz, I believe, got thrown. Or no, no, no. It was... uh, uh, It was Garcia. Garcia. Avisail Garcia got thrown out because he was arguing that strike call. It wasn't a strike. No, it was like two baseballs out of the zone. (laughs) Right. and, And Noah got away with that one. And the same thing could be said for the Marlins, too. Like, they had a bunch of calls against us. In fact, one of Alcantara's pitches was way outside the zone, and it was called a strike on Shohei Otani. And then Mark Gubas pointed out that Shohei swung at the next one that would have likely been a ball because he got that previous ball called a strike. And so it totally threw off our groove, threw off the... Uh, any momentum that some of these hitters had, and it took a long time before we finally got a hit from Luis Renjifo. But again, I think it all goes back to Sandy Alcantara just being the best pitcher in baseball currently right now. And what can be said about that when your offense is already slumping? Uh, yeah. It just was a, a recipe for disaster. And even though Noah Syndergaard had a great outing, we he just did. we just couldn't get the offense together. And they put some stuff together in the top of the ninth. I mean, Michael Stefanik gets his first major league hit and goes the opposite yeah. way on a nice little inside out swing and who should have been in the lineup from the start i'm just gonna throw that out there ah. i don't care about matchups i don't care about when i saw that velasquez was in the lineup and i'm a velasquez fan i thought yeah, yeah we're not we're not doing what we said we were going to do right well Stephonic they said, needs to be in there they said it was because they wanted the best defense behind Syndergaard because he's gotten so many 
ground ball pitches. And, and sure. you know, maybe that's true because the two runs that he gave up were solo shots. In fact, I got the baseball savant graphic right here. You can see the four-seam fastball he gave up to Garrett Cooper in on the hands. And then, of yep. course, that slider uh, to De La Cruz was just hanging out over the plate. Yeah. So, really, it's just like <laughs> two mistake pitches were what cost us the game because the pitching from Syndergaard to the bullpen was pretty strong. Even even though uh, Pagaro and Oliver Ortega got into a little bit of trouble, that play where they threw home, that double play where Jaime Berea got the grounder, they went home and then they went to first. What an incredible play that was. So yeah. you can't really put this game on the defense because Syndergaard just gave up two solo shots in yeah. this game and, and, and the Angels could not answer back. Tried to in the top of the ninth and had the bases loaded and they scored one run. And then after that, both Ward and Walsh had some flyouts that looked like they could have landed, but there's so much field at Marlins Park. What's it called now? Yeah. Loan, guaranteed loan park or something. Uh, <laughs> check into cash. I don't know. <laughs> check into cash. What a reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ward had the sacrifice fly that got the run in, and then Walsh flew out to center field, and it just feels massive there. And here's where I struggle as a fan, Johnny. I, I get that. We have a pitcher in Noah Syndergaard who is learning how to pitch differently mm-hmm. now. He's not throwing 100 miles an hour, right? He's throwing a and lot more sliders. More, yeah, he threw more off-speed stuff than he threw fastballs, and which is great. And I love that he's figuring that out. And I get that we need a good defense behind him. But mm-hmm. the thing that we're struggling with is offense. And so I, I just I just think that the expectations here are, are backwards. Like mm. we, We're struggling with offense. We brought up this guy from the minor leagues who's an offensive guy, yeah. who's strong with the bat, and and we've only let him play in one game, and and now he's coming up to pinch hit. And what does he do when he pinch hits? He gets on base. He got, he got a hit, hit right? <laughs> and so I, I get that he's a young guy, and maybe you don't want him going up against really tough pitching. Some people were saying, hey, was it bad to bring him up in the Houston series because Houston was just dominating us and their pitching staff is great. But if you're going to bring him up and you're gonna, you, you want his bat in the lineup, let him play. Let him yeah. play against those tough guys because he can only learn. And Another conversation that has been brought up about the Angels is every time that they're interviewed, and I don't know if you saw Jared Walsh's interview from earlier yesterday, but he said, yeah, we're at the halfway point, and we hope that the All-Star break can kind of be a reset for mm-hmm. us, and we can get hot, and and those are the types of things like, that I guess that you want to hear from your team and the team that you're rooting for and from mm. your teammates. But the athletic has talked a lot about, and Sam Blum has been kind of the, the narrator of this about what's called toxic positivity, mm-hmm. meaning that these guys are positive and it feels like they're so positive that they're actually missing what's wrong with this team. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of fans are like, yeah, we want to have hope, but you guys keep losing two to one. You guys <laughs> can't hit. And isn't it remarkable that it's our starting pitching that is actually keeping us in games and that the offense that we thought was going to be incredible and remarkable is actually the thing that's keeping us from winning games and so that's I think what's frustrating for a lot of fans it's frustrating for me Mm -hmm. do you do you feel that like it's toxic positivity or, or what do you think is happening there what are your thoughts on that I think I mean the players are not going to say anything bad about their coaches of course the players are always going to say, hey, like we're out there trying, we're doing the best we can. Mike Trout 
even admitted that, you know, his over his struggles in Houston. He's like, I'm pressing, I, you know, this and that and the other. I can't see very well. Like, he's he's explaining why he's struggling. But then you have uh, stuff like Jeremy Reed and the coaches and the manager and Phil Nevin talking about, like, well, these guys go out and they try every day and they compete and da-da-da-da-da. And the problem is, I think the, the wires are getting crossed here. The, these coaches the manager, they're not going to say that these guys aren't trying very hard. What it comes down to is who's in charge of the hitting. It's the hitting coach. And yeah. if he's not giving them the advice and the instruction that they need in order to turn this offense around, then it's on him. It's on Jeremy Reed. It's it's on those guys. Absolutely. And, and so uh, when it comes to toxic positivity, I just... You're, if you're going to look for anybody to talk crap on any other one part of the team, then you're barking up the wrong tree. And that's baseball. It's not just the Angels. That's that's baseball. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what people want to hear as far as, oh, we suck. This sucks. I hate this. Blah, blah, blah. I get that. Like, we all feel <laughs> sure. that way. Yeah. But these yeah. guys aren't going to say that. And they're and, and, and in their roundabout ways, they do say that. Like, Mike Trout knows he failed. Jared Walsh knows he's struck out a lot. Like, these guys are talking about it. And they're doing it in such a way that makes sense for them to not put blame on anybody else but themselves. And really, that's taking ownership of your own faults at the end of the day. But I, I, I just have to imagine these guys are begging for a different approach at the plate. These guys are begging their hitting coach to give them something else. Or when it comes to the pitching and the pitching fails, like we need Matt Wise to tell these guys what they're doing wrong. And we need Matt Wise to identify tipping pitches. We need these coaches to do their jobs. So at the end of the day, I think it's a coaching problem, but nobody's going to point fingers at anybody else on this team. That's a great point. And, and tonight is going to be another game where Shohei is going to have to save us because he's going to be on yes. the mound for us. And the birthday the, boy, op- the opposition is not really going to be that difficult. And so I think that we're going to see one of those games where Shohei is remarkable. And mm-hmm. then on tomorrow's pod, we're all going to be positive and excited. And we're going to go, <laughs> yeah, for Shohei. And then the next conversation will be, uh, he's probably not going to be on this team for very much longer because <laughs> look what he has to do. Right. And yeah. so I, I think that that's, that's where fans are riding that wave. It just seems like once we we, once we get a win, it's like, let's put a couple of wins together. And mm-hmm. this team just doesn't know how to do that or forgot how to do that. Or they just can't be consistent from game to game to game in order to do that. And and I think that that's where a lot of fans are getting really frustrated with not hearing that from the players. It's been kind of coach speak or player speak. And, and I get that. You're, I and, and you're that. And you're right. You're right. We're not going to see Mike Trout go, these guys suck. You know, like that's <laughs> not going to happen. But I think we're all just digging for what the heck is wrong with this team yeah. and why did they shift from a team 10 games, 11 games over 500 at the beginning of the season right. Most home to runs where in we the are league now. And all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know what changed and what has happened to this team. It's like, uh, did the Monstars come and steal all their talent? Are they doing Space Jam 3? <laughs> because that's what it seems like uh, yeah. with the Angels right now. Well, coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to talk about Shohei Otani, and we're going to talk about how he is in the MVP race, and we'll compare him to some guy in New York, Aaron Judge on the Yankees. Yeah, right? But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by BlueNile.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone, find jewelry as unique as her with a modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. They will help you to create a custom engagement ring of her dreams 
BlueNile.com has simple tools that will help you to choose the diamond size, the diamond shape, and the clarity as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers then will handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. And here's the great news. They do this at a price that you won't find at traditional jewelers. Uh, BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler, and if it's not perfect, if you don't like it, no problem, 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you need this special purchase fast, maybe you forgot, and then you had to order it, and now you did. In most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight, and every order is insured, and it arrives in a discreet package so it won't give away what's inside. So make those special moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com, and Locked On Angel listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. Use the promo code locked on at checkout. That's locked on at checkout. Go to bluenile.com today. Can I just say that uh, I told you about Garrett Cooper? I warned you. And he <laughs> was one guy, of the runs. As soon as he hit a home run, I was like, yep, that was a great prediction by Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mike, we want to talk about the two guys that we think could be the MVP. We are pulling for one and and hoping that another one uh, doesn't make it because we want to see Shohei get another MVP this season. Yeah. And he could be very well on his way to doing that. But the competition that stands in front of him currently is Aaron Judge. And a lot of that is uh, a lot of the win streaks, or I should say the winning ways of the Yankees are due to what Aaron Judge brings to right. the table. Right. Shohei has been matching him pretty well in terms of performance and also, by the way, he's a pitcher. He's a starting uh-huh. pitcher. So Shohei, let's talk about his incredible June. He had a career-high eight RBI game. Yep. That was the definitive Tungsten O'Doyle game because he got the <laughs> Angels back in the game twice and the bullpen still managed to blow it. What a weird conundrum we're in where the offense was great and the defense or the pitching stunk. And now we have the pitching doing great and the offense stinks. Nothing can work all at the same time. He had a career high 13 strikeouts last week. He had 21.2 consecutive scoreless innings pitched. He had an 11 game hitting streak and uh, the hardest hit home run of his career. You want to guess the miles per hour on this one? Uh, gosh, uh, one, one Oh five. Oh no, no, no. My friend, no. it was one eighteen. Oh man. I was 13, <laughs> run, 13 miles per hour off and he of crushed course, that. He's got a four and one record as a starting pitcher in June and a one yep. five, two ERA. Get this. In addition to that amazing ERA, he's got a five seventy four slugging percentage oh, by the way by the way. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to Shohei's incredible June, he's been, honestly, he's been great. Yep. All season long, but June was he really flexed his muscles, and I really think it's the turnaround month for Shohei Otani to keep doing his thing and and show everybody why he can be an MVP again. And so the conversation right now is is Otani the MVP or is it Aaron Judge? And yeah, do you want to do the honors on this dad joke here? <laughs> How do you judge that? Hey yo, <laughs> let's take a look at what Aaron Judge brings. To the table. I pulled these okay. stats. These are from CBS Sports. Of course, the you see his totals there at the top. He's got some incredible numbers: 29 home runs, 59 RBIs, a 282 average, a 981 slugging percentage. He's leading the league in home runs with 29, of course. 
That is quite the impressive feat. But what I wanted to look at and just kind of decide what happens if this team doesn't have Aaron Judge on there. Well, those 59 RBIs go away, but then take a look at how he's performing with runners in scoring position. He's driven in 29 with runners in scoring position and 38 Mm. with runners on, just on base. In fact, with the bases empty, he's gotten 21 home runs. So can you imagine how much more damage he would have done if eight more of those home runs had had more runners on than 21 bases empty? And then you look at just the averages here with runners on base. I mean, 298 with runners on base with scoring position, 311 with uh, no one on and nobody out, 296 uh, with men on and two outs. So he's coming through clutch here. 289 batting average with with guys on base and two outs. So you could just see that Aaron Judge has some really stellar numbers. But if we want to flip over to the Otani side of things, let's take ask the question, what does this team look like without Shohei Otani? Well, let's just purely talk hitting. You can see he's got 18 home runs, 51 RBIs, so not that far behind from Aaron Judge. Of course, his batting average is certainly climbing up again. It's up at 262. But kind of the same situation, if uh, you're listening Mm. on the audio side, we'll describe it for you. But on the video side, you can see the stats there. With runners on base, Shohei's got 43 RBIs. With runners in scoring position, 34. And eight of the RBIs he has, of course, are solo shots that he's taking care of himself with home runs. And then, of course, when you see he's got men on with two outs, he's driven it. He's got a home run in that situation. And uh, men on a man on third with less than two outs, got another home run, 16 RBIs. So both of these guys are contributing to their teams in significant ways, especially when there's runners on base and there's guys that they could drive in. So they are not just adding value in the sense that they're just hitting well and getting on base. They're driving people in. They're really uh, a big part of why the Angels and the Yankees are scoring. But Mike, we've got to talk about the caveat to all of this, and that is Shohei Otani's pitching. Yeah, here's and here's the thing. When you look at an MVP, it's most valuable player, right? And as you've shown with the offensive side, both are incredibly valuable mm-hmm. to their teams. And then what they do is they'll look at like, well, how did the team do? And it doesn't necessarily mean that the MVP is going to be from a winning team. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people will lean in Aaron Judge's direction because he's on the Yankees and they're on pace to win like 116 games, right? right? And so that's awesome. That's incredible. I think what happens with Shohei, though, is that you go, well, he's a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And and he's not just out there every once in a while. He's the ace of this staff. Yeah. He stopped a losing streak. Right. He has pitched 21 and two-thirds scoreless innings. He's 7-4 and four with an ERA under 3. And so I think that those things are always going to be things that you have to consider with Shohei, which is why he's always going to be in the top three conversation mm-hmm. of MVP, whether the team is terrible or not, because Shohei affects his team in such a significant way that you can't ignore that. You can't ignore the fact that he is an incredible hitter, but you also can't ignore the fact that he is pitching lights out this season. If you're watching on the video side, you see those stats. He's struck out 101 batters Mm -hmm. before tonight's start, and that's... That's incredible. He's got a 2.68 ERA, 7-4 and four on the year. And, and this guy, whether he's, again, on a good team or not, 
has to be considered as most valuable mm-hmm. because he is changing the game just overall, but he also changes the trajectory of the Angels when he is pitching and when he's hitting and when he's doing both in the same game, which is why, obviously, I'm going to lean in the direction of Shohei's got to lead the MVP yes. voting because of what he does on the mound and because of what he does at the plate. Absolutely. And if you look at that, look at that batting average against when Shohei has runners on, runners in scoring position, he's pitched to a one point, I'm sorry, a one to one batting average. So wow. <laughs> 12% of the time, people are getting hits against him when there are runners in scoring position. So he has prevented a ton of runs while he's on the mound, especially when there's runners on. And so, man, he is just uh, really incredible. His The batting average against overall is 209, 209 batting Unreal. average against. Shohei Otani. So again, if you're listening on the audio side, we've got these stats pulled up over here on the video side, but hopefully you were able to keep up with that. But again, Mike, I think that that's a whole other ball game. <laughs> and that's a pun definitely yes. intended because yes. nobody's doing it like Shohei. And you can see that both of these guys do have value and they add value to their team because of their offense. But when it comes to Shohei's pitching, that's just a, another layer to this whole conversation. And I honestly think that Shohei should be the MVP once more. If he keeps this up and uh, things keep going the way that they are there, it's, it's, I mean, I'm sorry, but Aaron judge is going to get Vladdy jr. Vladdy jr. Had a great season last year, but Otani's proved to be the ultimate MVP. And I think that he'll be able to do that again this season. I think Shohei is the best bet for MVP this season. And speaking of betting, our friends at BetOnline are bringing you this episode today. They're your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. For our last segment of the day, we want to talk about Tuki Toussaint, a pitcher that was uh, let go from the Braves. The Angels made the trade to get him for cash considerations my favorite player cash considerations (laughs) yeah and in order to do so they dfa jack mayfield uh, and the hope is that tuki tucson can be somebody that the angels can get on the right track he made baseball's baseball america's top 100 prospects list in 2015 2016 and again in 2019 so that's interesting he he fell off a little bit and came back but he just hasn't been able to get a regular role with the Braves. He's he's done he's had some starts. He's come out of the bullpen. But here's his uh, career stats with the Braves: nine and eight, a five point four six ERA, one hundred forty five innings pitched, one hundred fifty five Ks, and a one point four nine WHIP. So this is somebody who uh, had a lot of hope and uh, prospect potential, but he just never really seemed to put it all together. Uh, and, right. and you mentioned, Mike, that uh, while we were talking off the show that you felt like, doesn't this feel like the kind of pitcher that the Angels get a lot where they hope that it's somebody good and, and that they become someone? And, and the fact that Perry was there in the in the Braves system while Tuki Toussaint was there, uh, that might mean something too because Perry uh, certainly knows that system inside and out. So what are your right. thoughts about 
Tukey Toussaint. That's fun to say. I, I like know. Uh, I, I, I do feel like he's one of those guys that the Angels go and get, and there's a lot of potential, but there lacks performance. And the Angels mm. have proven, and I'm willing to be wrong here, but I haven't seen a time where the Angels have been able to, like, open somebody up, like hmm. find the magic fairy dust to like sprinkle the... That's, that's the, what the Dodgers do with yes, like, Andrew right? Heaney. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I have not seen the Angels do that. And and when I think about a pitcher like, like Tukey, I, I think about somebody like Parker Bridwell. I don't know if you remember Parker Bridwell do. or not. Parker he Bridwell came from did the, well. Yeah, he, <laughs> there you go. He came from the Orioles, which is kind of what we've done in the last few years. We had <laughs> yes. Barfing Bundy on our team, right? And then now we, and then before that, we had Parker Bridwell. In 2017, he went 10 and three, and had yeah. an incredible, incredible run with us. He had had 10 starts, and everybody thought 25 year old. Hey, maybe he's figured it out because mm-hmm. with the Orioles, he fell apart, and then he came to the Angels, looked great, but then the next year fell apart again, and then he was out of the league entirely after that. Yeah. And so this Angel system, pre-Perry, has not shown that they can help guys figure this out. Now, mm-hmm. I say pre-Perry because I'm intrigued as to what Perry and his guys can actually do with somebody like Tukey. Right. And I'm hopeful that maybe they can help him to figure it out. We talked about Mike Myers yeah. on yesterday's pod, and they're having him start, and maybe that's going to help him figure it out. I am not incredibly confident because I haven't seen the results move in the direction of like what the Dodgers have done with like an Andrew Heaney. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if the angels have it in them to figure this out, but maybe Perry has the right people in place and Perry isn't going to make this trade if he's not confident in the right people making these right decisions. And so I am kind of 50 50 on Tukey as I would be any other pitcher. Sure. I do like the innings pitched versus the strikeouts. I think that that's huge. And I do like that he was in baseball's top 100 prospects. And so there's a, there is something in him. And if we can unlock it, that would be exciting. I just think that now is the time to actually unlock him so that we can actually reap the benefit of what Toussaint can bring to this major league baseball team. And what's the harm too, because the angels got him for cash rather than giving up a player or anything like that, or letting him go to another team where he can figure it out and haunt us for the rest of our lives, Yes, uh, which is usually how these (laughs) things go. But Mike, I I reached out to our good buddy, Scott Franklin, who is from Georgia and he is a lifelong Braves fan. And he actually, he mentioned that we got Tukey Tucson. He texted me the other day and I said, Hey, what are, what's some insight that you have into Tukey as a Braves fan? He said, he's mostly a wait and see type of pitcher, an Mm. excellent fastball fireball. He can hit 96 to 98. The problem is, is that he can't get it over the plate. He often ah. has command issues, which we've so seen. So he'll fit right with, in. <laughs> yeah, he'll fit right in. Uh, he said he should go to AAA first and get acclimated, but he could be a good number four or even a setup kind of guy. So uh, okay. whether they figure out he can be used in the bullpen or the uh, the starting rotation remains to be seen. He did try both with a brace. He said a few pats on the back will get him a good start, but don't let him fall into a rut. You may never get him out. And he said, I hope he does well with you guys. There are a few pitchers I would have given you other than Tukey. Hmm. And then he said, uh, lastly, great locker room presence and very loyal like a puppy. So he he, uh, will be a good locker room uh, presence kind of guy. What a great scouting report from Scotty. Thank you so much for that. Scotty the Scout. Can we start doing that from now on? Scotty the Scout. Anytime we get anybody from the Braves, we got to call Scotty the Scout. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that. Well, I think that when I think about like Tukey, we have all these starters in the minor leagues with Kai Bush, Chase Silseth, Reed mm-hmm. Detmers, right? And th- you know those guys are going to be the guys this year, next year, and the year after that. And so I wonder if Toussaint might be that guy that you can bring in in the eighth inning because obviously we need that. And his strikeout to inning pitch ratio shows that he's got some gas and maybe that's the thing that helps him to figure it out he's not having to go out there and throw multiple different types of pitches but he can go out there in the eighth inning and just throw gas maybe throw in a couple of change-ups or sliders in mm-hmm. there because that's what the angels need right now i wonder if there's some thought to maybe have him be a more of a bullpen guy rather than a starter yeah that would be interesting to find out and see what the angels have in mind for him mike you mentioned prospects and pitching and how our minor leagues is full of pitching how about making locked on mlb prospects your second listen of the day this show is great it's uh hosted by our friend Lindsay crosby and he is literally a prospect encyclopedia mm-hmm. we had him on just a few weeks ago and he knew every prospect he knew every detail what they had for breakfast what size shoe <laughs> they wore he's awesome and especially with the draft and all of our teams getting players from the college ranks and from high school Lindsay is really really great at gathering all that information and with trades coming up the trade deadline coming up mm-hmm. Lindsay's actually looking into what each team needs and so thanks for making Locked on Angels your first listen you should make his show your second listen it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts We also want to say, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, you can reach us at Super Halo Bros. And of course, you can follow the podcast at Locked On Angels. Mike, we had a friend of ours, a listener named Ken from Pasadena, my neighbor, a neighbor in Pasadena. I'm in hey, Pasadena Ken. too. Uh, we haven't met. I'm, I'm saying neighbor as in we're in the same city. But That's right. That's he said, That's uh, he said, when you close out the show, maybe throw out. Uh, what time the game is for the day. So today's game against the Marlins will be at 3.40 p.m. Pacific time. Of course, it's an early game because they're on the East Coast. So we've got 3.40 p.m. start against the Marlins. It's going to be Shohei Otani versus Trevor Rogers. Hopefully we can get a win there. Thanks for the voicemail, Ken. We appreciate that. And, of course, everybody on YouTube, uh, we're always doing our best to respond to comments there. Yeah. You guys have great conversations. Sometimes I don't feel like jumping in because the conversation is so good that I don't feel like I need it's, to. <laughs> it's a show for us watching those comments. And there are some really smart, brilliant fans that actually watch and listen to Locked on Angels. And it's those fans that we want to invite to come and listen tomorrow because we're going to talk about Luis Renjifo. Mm-hmm. And, and what the heck are we going to do with him, right? He has moments where he's great. And then he has moments where he's terrible. We're going to talk about his June and the last few weeks of his June. And then just ask the question, is he is he going to be a starter or is he going to be a backup? What are we going to do with Luis? We're going to talk about that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. We'll see you guys here tomorrow for more Locked on Angels. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother John. Shout out to the birthday boy yesterday, Shohei. Getting the start on the mound today. Go get a win for us, Mr. Shohei Otani.